Welcome to Radio Free Made World, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books and related works. My name is Cole Ross, and today I am joined by Evan Thorne. Hey, Evan. Hi, Cole. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be here. It's been yeah. uh, been a little while. Yeah. I well, haven't read a book since last time I was on here. Oh, wow. That's, I understand that's not that at all. all true. Oh, that's okay. not at all true. Uh, but it is it is really cool to be back here. I had I, I have read many non tower related books since ah, yes. since last time I was here. As as um, one might. Yeah, but but I, I picked this up and I'm I'm just kinda like blazing through Hearts in Atlantis now just because I want to. Oh yeah. Uh because man Man, I, I almost forgot Stephen King's real good sometimes. Yeah. When he wants to be, he can be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this. This is, uh, this is a, a, a story that I had not read before. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, for, for for hopping on. Um, uh, in case you did not look at the title of the episode, uh, today we are talking about the short story "Everything's Eventual" from uh, a 2002 short story collection that shares the same name. This was originally published in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction in 1997. Um, and Evan, you hopped on this one. I'm kind of curious uh, as to uh, what made you do that. Um. Honestly, it's because it is one that I had not read before, and the page count was fairly low. And I, <laughs> I knew that I, not not to like, n not trying to say that I'm lazy and don't want to read, but you know, it was one of those things where um, there have been a couple of other episodes that I've really wanted to do, and and there's just been issues with me uh, having time to go see the It movie, and <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, time, time is crazy. You have a full-time job and loved ones. Like. And uh, yeah. And I've got like this kid that is still, still <laughs> just like, yeah, still, huh. still can't <laughs> handle his shit. He's like almost five and it's like, come on, uh, grow up, dude. Um, <laughs> no, like it's, it's, I, I wanted to, to do this one because I really, really missed, um, kind of the, the, the feeling of being ensconced in the tower lore yeah uh, the, way, the way that i was feeling for a while when we were kind of going through um especially drawing of the three and mm -hmm. wastelands and um but I, I wanted to jump in with something new and i wanted to jump in with something that i knew that even if time kind of got away from me the way that it does that i'd be able to finish in fairly short order Perfect. and um I'm real glad that I did. This is such a good story. I know it is. It like it, it is a horror story, but it has a particular kind of paranoia to it. I mean, for mm -hmm. me, I really enjoy it because, that like like I first read this shortly before I got my my, my first like grown up job that started out as a work from home kind of thing, and some of the stuff that Dinky talks about <laughs> in this. Um, just the particular paranoias and the imposter syndrome and feeling like, okay, what am I actually doing here in the isolation? Um, yeah, I yeah, just like all of that, all of that really resonated for me. And the, like the way the noose tightens on this is incredibly mm -hmm. good and incredibly effective. Uh, yeah. did, did you remember Dinky's character from book seven? Vaguely. I, 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 I honestly had to go back and look it up. It's not a character that on its own, um, stood out to me. I, I remembered Ted Browdigan being in, in book seven. Right. And I remembered there being other characters that I assumed were probably from other stories. And Dinky was one of them, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a character that I remembered going into the story. And I didn't 
I didn't want to read too far ahead because I'm excited to go back through book seven along mm-hmm. with the show because it's been a while since I've read that one. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, but I it, it's 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 interesting because it's a character. It's a small character that plays an important part. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're, we're about to get to that part of the show and I want to do introduce this character and we're going to be introducing uh, Ted Bradigan here uh, pretty soon as well. But just mm-hmm. these the, the psychics that were pulled in from different levels of the tower in order to act as breakers uh, is, is, is kind of who we're, who we're talking about here. Ted Bradigan has a more important role. Uh, because of his uh, kind of status as a facilitator, but Dinky Earnshaw uh, is is there to I think provide even more grounding to say like, yeah, we're from Earth or a version of Earth, and I'm just like this regular small town kind of dude. Something else that's cool um, is that the idea of why the breakers do not try to break out um, or the why the breakers go along yeah. with it is absolutely brought up here, and yeah. it's a really good and potent idea, which it's- is. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's I, I I actually want to cut you off there because uh, I I wanted to talk a little bit about that yeah. because one of the coolest things about this story is just how slow the rollout of that concept is, mm-hmm. and it's this all these weird little details that are it's like oh yeah that's a weird really weird <laughs> sort of thing I don't like what's going on I don't get it and then all of a sudden they all kind of come together it's like oh well <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, so, uh, that's where this fits in. We're going to be meeting, uh, Dinky in book seven here eventually. Uh, but, uh, oh gosh, everything's eventual. The collection is pretty interesting because each of the stories has a little, uh, intro. This one King uh, explains his, his inspiration for this. Uh, he saw somebody pouring, uh, loose change down a storm drain one day and they said, Oh, why would somebody do that? And then came up with this. Yeah. You know. And it, and it, he notes that it, the story kind of came very quickly and he, he didn't really have a lot of, of interruption or resistance. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me so curious at, at what point did he, at what point did this become a story about Dinky Earnshaw? Mm. At, at what point did, did this become a story about a specific character in the dark tower rather than just something that, kind of had some tower themes and elements and and relevance yeah like uh, the, the the timeline on this is kind of strange because because this came out shortly after wizard and glass and before he really started working on uh black house with peter straub yeah. so he didn't necessarily have the idea for breakers um at least you know he wasn't working on something that stated that so i'm curious mm-hmm. i'm curious what made dinky seem like a uh seem like a good candidate aside from the fact that he like a bunch of other people in the story was being taken advantage of by a sombra related um corporation yeah. right and and there's there's some oh man i i feel like i might have i might have done myself a bad here because i started reading hearts in atlantis as soon as i finished this and now i'm <laughs> I, I there's obviously some some very overt tower references in hearts in atlantis are there any in this or is it all kind of no no it's 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 okay. it's all it's all pretty oblique um, okay yeah the, the the closest would be like I was reading it, uh keep trying to keep that in mind, like, all right, is uh is Sharpton, the the, the boss in this in this kind of area, yeah. is he a low man in a yellow coat and Dinky doesn't describe anything that matches that. Like he has yeah. he has a genuinely nice car and not a very yeah. ostentatious car. I don't I don't think Sharpton's a low man. I think that the seekers that he talks about are mm, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like Sharpton is is kind of like a 
like middle manager of low men. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he is he is another Pimley Prentice. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get into it. Uh, do you have any, or unless you have any other kind of uh, broad broad summary things that you want to say at the start here, um, as we uh, as we start looking into it. No, I, I I want to talk about the title a little bit, but I feel like it makes more sense to do that when the when, when we get into the word eventual in the story. Yes. Yeah, we can talk about we can talk about that now because it's really apparent from the first page. Actually, um, I'm convinced nobody has ever talked like this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Stephen King, he can write very good and very well heard dialogue. And sometimes mm -hmm. he, it feels like he falls back into like how he remembers cool people talking when he was young. Nothing about this is is cool. It, no. Like, And for me, you know. This is one of the rare instances where I would recommend reading the actual story, not just because it's short, but because the um, the audiobook version um, is narrated by Justin Long. Oh, um, man. And he doesn't do a very good job with it. Yeah, that like I could see him doing a very good job with with some Stephen King audiobooks. Yeah. But no, that oh, that just seems like a really unfortunate combination right you know and as i don't have like a like a searing hatred of justin long or anything no, like I actually, that I, just... I actually like justin long more <laughs> often than i don't yeah he's, and he's fine he's funny he was but he was uh, but, he was really fun. was he in uh not this is the end was he in this is the end i forget oh i think so yeah i think so i think he was like, a, like he played like a he played himself as just a real douchebag in that and that was really funny regardless but like he just he's, he's not in very good form here and it doesn't help that he yeah. has to that he has to read um a character play you know this is done in first person um you know as kind of like a a note left for anybody who would be interested in it um yeah. you know and Which that's he, even <laughs> even that's not apparent at first yes like yeah. the, the this the story is so interesting and i don't I, I'm I'm not uh, cutting off your point. This no, is, no. This is this is a it's it's sort of a, a reverse yes and because <laughs> uh, it it do, it starts off as a note left for anybody who who finds it and might be able to do anything with the information. But when it starts out, it just seems like a story, and then maybe later like a diary for himself or mm -hmm. a memoir or something. Yeah. And like the the point of why Dinky is narrating his story doesn't become apparent. And he and his friends all talk super fucking weird, but you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> Eastern Ohio. Uh, I'm I, a, I'm... I've got I've got a lot of family from Ohio, and there are some strange dialects, but I don't know that any of them match anything like this. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I I come from I was I was looking at this, and I was like, okay, like what 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 actually is going on here? Uh, and the, he calls the place that he moves to Columbia City. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is obviously just Columbus because, you know, yeah. they're, they're reading the Columbus dispatch, et cetera. Um, and you know, like Eastern, Eastern Ohio, not necessarily that different than how I speak. And I do not yeah. constantly refer to death as eating the dirt sandwich or, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff there's, like that. There's a lot of, a lot of figures of speech that just get, it's not that no one would ever use them, but no one would use them every time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but one thing one thing that I did really enjoy is is that the weird, um, the weird speech patterns, the weird uh, expressions, the the weird cadence, it changes throughout the story. And the story is not that long. There's not mm -hmm. that much time that that it can 
that it, he doesn't take that much time mm-hmm. to enact those changes. But the way that it ends and the way that and, – and, and it's all in first person. It's all told from the point of view of, of Dinky Earnshaw. Uh, and, and it's all over the course of less than a year, I would I would estimate. I don't know if they explicitly say. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, it's, it's – but but the, the way that – the way that it is narrated at the end is a totally different tone than the way it is at the beginning. And there's a, a little a – little, quick note towards the end of the book where he says, the, I, I look back at the first entry that I wrote and mm-hmm. it, it addresses the first line in the story. <laughs> and it, it just kind of gives you the sense where it's like, okay, this is, this is like a collection of letters or a, a diary or something that is being, it is being written over the course of a period of time. And yeah. the narrator is learning things as the story goes on, yeah. which are affecting not just his perception of things, but the entire way that he is expressing his thoughts about what is happening. Yeah, he matures over the course of this. Is yeah, is, it's, is how it's I'd say that. wild. Yeah, it's that's a much more succinct way than the bullshit that I just rattled <laughs> off. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's such a wild transformation over such a short amount of text. Yeah, and and I that was something that I was really taken with. Yeah, I, I think I think that that is as well observed when you say like, oh, like the usage of these particular phrases changes. I think that it works really well at the beginning to establish him as this kind of stunted dirtbag a little bit mm-hmm. like he's not, mm-hmm. you know, is he? he OK, I'm going to he does kill a bunch of people, but he has a reason for that. Like he is taken advantage of. Uh, yeah. But you know, he's kind of in this new in, in this go nowhere kind of situation, doesn't seem to have a lot of prospects and doesn't seem to be particularly particularly bright but he actually is it's just he has to shake off those trappings and so like the context in which he would use these things um it's almost like he's working through it it's like it's it's one-sided one-sided talk therapy that he's doing into this yeah his vocabulary doesn't change but his usage absolutely does yeah and then you you mentioned like he does he does kill a a tremendous number of people yeah um (laughs) but it's 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 so interesting to be that um the again just the way when when that starts versus how the story ends like you're watching this character develop a moral compass mm-hmm. or yeah. or or at the very least like start applying one that they had and never had a use for yeah yeah like he has a sense of justice uh but it was misaimed by somebody who found him at the right time or the wrong time. Let's talk about how the story starts before we jump into like two thirds of the way through. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, so uh, we open up, you know, the first sentence is I have a very good job or something like that. Um, and the first little portion of the book here is about, or the story, uh, you know, is just kind of learning the background of Dinky. He's this 19 year old dropout. He's working a bunch of, I think in Wayne's world, he calls them Joe jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a cart boy at the, uh, at the, at the super saver, uh, at the super saver supermarket. He was a, a pizza delivery driver, et cetera. Just not an awful lot going on for him. Um, yeah. and he just, he says like, yeah, no, like I've got this job now and it's all thanks to, uh, to Mr. Sharpton, um, who says it's not just a job, it's a goddamn adventure, which is, I think, especially good because that's how people rec- – that's how the government recruits for the army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's – yeah, Mr. Sharpton's sales pitch to Dinky is equal parts uh, like military recruiter 
and like multi-level marketing shill. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's super unsettling. And I, yeah, like, and, 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 and Dinky is just a perfect mark for this guy too. <laughs> Yeah, could be because he has just enough raw potential. Mister Tarpton wouldn't have w wouldn't have come and got him if you know if he didn't know what what Dinky's particular Stephen King psychic ability was. Right, um, <laughs> but he also doesn't really have. He knows that Dinky doesn't really have a sense of his own power. Right, and he knows Dinky doesn't really have much going on in his life, yeah. so it's very easy to uh, offer him this job slash goddamn adventure with a whole bunch of fringe benefits yeah and effectively cut him off from what little life he had before mm -hmm. and simultaneously uh make it make it seem like he is coming up in the world so he has no reason to question it yeah he talks about and this. there's more but i don't want to no, we're, I don't we're, want to get ahead of myself. We'll, we'll we'll get to it eventually. And he's describing this. He's describing this arrangement that he has. You know, the the, the company bought him a house, which okay, that's weird. But you know, he he was finally able to move out of his mom. So he, you know, he doesn't like yeah. his mom. Uh, you know, kind of sees her as another bully. Um, and you know, really, he gets to spend his days watching soap operas, and he has money enough to go to the go to the movies and things like that. And you know, really, all that happens, you know, a couple of things happen with regularity. Um, yeah, and there's there's some some kind of strange rules that he has to follow, but he he's just explaining them as like just quirks of the arrangement that yeah, he's weird. kind of gotten used to. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're fringe benefits. It's not about the money. Uh, he's, yeah. pay, he's paid $70 a week, but he cannot keep any, uh, any cash left over. Start the week broke and the week broke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's that image that, that King was, was working on of somebody dumping a bunch of coins down a sewer drain because he, he, he talks about any of the coins that he's got when he goes out to, to take out the, recycling i think it is he'll mm -hmm. kind of keep the coins in one hand and drop it down the storm drain so that the neighbors don't see yeah because because he can't put the he can put paper money down the garbage disposal he can't do that with coins yeah yeah um i don't i don't know much about destroying money but i do know <laughs> that coins down a garbage disposal sounds like not the way to do it <laughs> sounds like a good way to break your garbage disposal but if he yeah. did uh what he could do is put a new garbage disposal on dinky's dayboard yeah, anything that he wants can go on Dinky's Dayboard, with, except with the, for with the exception of pornography. <laughs> except for pornography, yeah. Um, they they will if if he goes out and buys his own, that's fine. Mm -hmm. They won't get rid of it, but they will not get it for him because I, I don't know reasons, <laughs> was, morals. Maybe I feel I, like there's some weird like I, I I kept trying to read more into that. Like there's some like weird puritanical mm. bent to like the organization, but it's like no, it's probably just like whatever weird cleaning service this involves just like probably wouldn't no, i'm just not going to do that yeah yeah but they will get him a signed photograph of uh is it nicole kidman yeah yeah from her moulin like, rouge face per yeah personalized to him yes um they'll, uh, they'll get him uh an, an elaborate uh rembrandt print they wouldn't get him they didn't get him an original rembrandt he wrote mm -hmm. it down just to see if they would and yeah. they, they got it they did the best, uh, the, the next they best They got a thing. very good recreation. Yes. Um, they, like, he asked, like, hey, I want apple pie, but homemade and not store-bought. Came, he came home and, you know, there was, there was one of those there. He got a pre-release Weezer CD, which at the time that this book was written would have been the Green Album. So, no thank you. Send it back. 
Well, at the same at the same time, though, the Green album was, I think, maybe the most anticipated Weezer album. Yeah. <laughs> because there hadn't been one in so long. Right. Right. But <laughs> also, I think that the second half of the Green album is underrated, but that's oh. neither here nor there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've I've only listened to the whole thing all the way through like once or twice, and then it's there's, just there's and real stuff. real good songs on there, yeah. and it's uh, I don't know. I'll the, believe the, you. Sing- the singles were not good, but yeah. but uh, especially like the last three songs, I think are are worth, worth you know yeah. If if you're feeling like listening to some Weezer <laughs> that you have not already listened to death right that's right. better than what they're doing now yeah i gotcha uh i i <laughs> I, I, I believe you uh but it's, yeah. it's just very funny because he, yeah. he asked for that and that 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 album is widely considered to be a letdown um, yeah, well, and, but he asked he asked he just wrote new weezer album mm-hmm. and they got it for him before it even released they broke Street like Day. like like two weeks before it came out yeah yeah so they probably just like went to uh you know, went to a distributor or went to yeah. a radio station and got a so, got a copy of it. Yeah, but but like anything anything that he asks for, he writes it on this board, and at the mm-hmm. beginning of the week, yeah, it'll just be there. The only hitch is that he cannot be at home when the people are there to clean his house and restock the fridge and drop off the items from the day board. So he always goes to a movie. Mm-hmm. during during that specific time frame yeah and he's describing his routine and he just he's describing the stuff that he decides to you know to to to, to, to splurge on and it's all incredibly modest stuff yeah. um which which is which is very funny because you know because he is describing it like it is a lap of luxury you know not, yeah. not not going to not not going to look sideways at somebody who says i treat myself to a quarter pounder with cheese um, but, no, but he talks about getting, going, taking himself out for a nice dinner at, I forget the name of the restaurant, but it's basically Applebee's. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, like, this is very clearly he's, he's a 19 year old high school dropout yeah. who, who has never had any kind of means yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, and has, has never had any kind of independence at all. Nothing to guide yeah. him and no real, yeah. no real sense outside of having worked these jobs of really what what he is worth or what any, anything really yeah he, what anything he would is worth yeah which uh you know there's probably a comment there about you know just t- taking advantage of people um yeah. yeah um in addition to this he so he can't be there when they when they come by to do the cleaning and drop off the stuff from his day board um he cannot look out the window when they drop off the uh the manila folders nope uh, that have. Uh, they yeah they drop off his money and and is it no assignments are on the computer. Yeah, it's so, so the, the it's just the money. Yeah, uh, I, and I think the I, man, I think that the uh, the envelopes have like press clippings and stuff too, to uh, to 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 guide him. I forget though. I made these notes yeah, a little while back. They um, the, yeah. So so at the same time every every week, mm-hmm. he, he hears something drop through the mail slot, and he's always watching a soap opera, mm-hmm. and he never gets up. He always stays <laughs> until the end of that soap opera before yeah. he walks over to collect the the envelope with his seventy dollars for the week. Yes, because he cannot see anybody who is associated with the organization. Also, yeah. why would you stand up and go during the middle of as the world turns? It was a riveting show, and I'm not just saying that because I worked on the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I was a I, I was a production intern on the last year that it was on the air. I mean. You spent more time working on that show than I did. <laughs> I, I mostly spent my time carrying boxes of scripts up and down four flights of stairs. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Um, they, they hadn't invented email at that point. It was 2009, the bad old days. Um, <laughs> so we're going to find out how, uh, how Dickie got this um, seemingly, seemingly cushy deal. Uh, Dickie describes uh, the interview, talks about how this strange man, uh, Mr. Sharpton, called him from out of nowhere kind of at his lowest point when he was working pizza delivery. Um, you know, and <laughs> he, you know, he says like, Oh yeah, that was, that was the worst ever job. And Mr. Sharpton kind of drops all of these details about him and says, Hey, we have a tremendous opportunity for you. Would you meet me, um, in the parking lot of the super saver for this job interview? Also it's nighttime. Yeah. And I mean, so far that seems all on the up and up. <laughs> that's that's a totally totally normal thing that i think we can all we who, who hasn't <laughs> been there right um no so and it's it's not just at the super saver parking lot it's specifically right by the cart corral mm -hmm. which has a significance to dinky and and you know he there have been some references to um this this bully from that job named skipper yeah. and he, he you know he talks about like skippers i think cole mentioned it but like you know he's eaten took a big bite of the old dirt sandwich or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you know so like skipper's been dead for a bit before this story started but he he keeps talking about like there's there's always going to be a skipper there's a lot of skippers in the world there's you know like there's bad people out there and yes. he has realized that there are bad but people who victimize people person, like me yeah. yes for no reason mm -hmm. uh but this particular bad person um really like like deliberately mashed Dinky's fingers in the cart corral when they were working together for no reason. Yeah. And that kind of led to their biggest, uh, one of, like built up to their biggest standoff, mm -hmm. um, which happened shortly before Skipper's death, uh, which was ruled probably an accident, maybe a suicide, yeah. definitely nothing that anyone, could, uh, they couldn't be traced back to any particular kind of revenge. No, there's def definitely nothing that anybody could know that that Dinky and that's that's kind of how he the, the story is just kind of rambling and talking about how there's there's no way that anyone could know about Dink it was or about Skipper it was mm -hmm. it was an accident you know you're driving at night and you went off the road like you know it could have happened to anybody yeah happens happens um, every day and then and then he talks about there's all of a sudden there's a like like you know tensions between Dinky and Skipper get to a certain point. And then um, Dinky writes him a letter <laughs> and doesn't explain what that means. No, no. And then and then we meet Mr. Sharpton. Yeah, Mr. Sharpton kind of at this very important place that seems obviously picked to torment Dinky uh, because of his sense of kind of guilt and his lack of understanding of what actually what actually happens. Yeah. And, and, and I think also just to intimidate with, with the idea that someone, even if Dinky doesn't know what he did, the idea that someone else might. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, <laughs> but yeah, this, this is, this is also, um, where, when they're, they're at the, the super saver, Dinky kind of talks about his friend pug who, uh, he references earlier. Another, another peculiarity of his current job is that he can't, he can call his mom, but that's the only contact that he can have with anyone from from his the old life, life. before yeah. the job. Yeah. And the only person that he misses is his friend from Super Saver uh, named Pug, who 
honestly just kind of seems like a sweet sort of dude. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just a, just a good yeah. friend. Supportive. Yeah. Um but but the the title of the book um Pug used eventual when he meant awesome or I, I think that was it excellent or something like that. I, I think it's a, a bastardization of exceptional. Mm, okay. There like we I, go. I, I feel, I feel like, and, and this obviously isn't spelled out because that would be not terribly great exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, my, my sense of it was like pug heard somebody say something was exceptional. Oh yeah. Hadn't heard that word before. Knew the word eventual. Just messed it on. That that's what it was. Yeah. Just a, um, just a straight up like malapropism, like Ricky exactly. from uh, Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and and so it just kind of caught on, and so you know, Pug Pug would talk about things being eventual. Dinky kind of started talking about things being eventual when he's uh, meeting with Mister Sharpton in his Mercedes Benz in <laughs> the Super Saver parking lot late at night. Yeah, uh, he refers to the Benz as eventual. <laughs> and without knowing, without letting on if if he knows what that means to Dinky or not, mm-hmm. Mr. Sharpton's response is everything's eventual, Dink, or can be for the right person. And I and love that. Man, that's so good. <laughs> because I just I mean, so it's it's kinda it's kind of awkward, right? Because just the, the the idea of you, you know, using the wrong word for something, a little bit awkward, um, at least as it lays on the page. It has it has three possible meanings. All of them are very sinister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, oh, everything's eventual. Like, oh, we're all going to die. Everything's eventual. I know the secret language of you and your friends. Or everything's eventual for the right person uh, means you're going to get what you're owed. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And the, the the best case interpretation is that Mr. Sharpton just kind of intuits what Dinky is getting at mm-hmm. and is, is just. It's working the sale. Very, very strongly work in the sale with, you know, like every everything, everything's exceptional or it can be for the right person. Mm-hmm. Are you the right person? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be the right person. I think you might be the right person. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. We're going to talk about Let's find about out this. if you're the right person, Dinky. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and D- Dinky is just, he is entirely just enamored of this, of the Benz. Yeah. Uh, he's, and there's, <laughs> there's a little, a little bit of, uh, and, and this is, this is something that Stephen King this is not unique to this this story by any means, but uh, the, the Dinky goes to great lengths to assure the reader and also, I guess, himself that Mr. Sharpton isn't gay mm-hmm. and this isn't like a weird sex thing. Yeah. And like I, I get why a 19-year-old high school dropout from Ohio – might have some like like a sense of like stranger like, danger like, about it or yeah or or there there might just be like you know like small town small town teenage guy might have some just like yeah, yeah. Like homophobia just up because that happens a lot in mm-hmm. small towns especially when people don't really have a lot of education or a lot of exposure to people from outside their town mm-hmm. uh but it's and 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 i i appreciate that it doesn't ever come across as actual homophobia. It's just kind of like concern or worry or discomfort. Mm-hmm. But man, he really harps on it, and it just no. gets weird. It's uh, and that's one of my one of my few like legitimate criticisms of this story is that there's so much of it that's just spent 
assuring us that Mr. Sharpton meeting yeah. him in his big fancy car at night in a grocery store parking lot it's not is not a up. weird sex thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it that this has absolutely popped up. I think it popped up even as early as like Salem's Lot about fi- yeah. fi- fi- fixating on, you know, just a, a, other homosexuality or pedophilia uh, yeah. things like that. Like not not so much as like oh this is a trait of this particular character, but like as a as a as a thrown off concern um, yeah. about about a situation that might look unseemly. I think, and I, think I, that- I think I think if this wasn't something that I've come across as often as I have with within Stephen King's larger body of work, it probably wouldn't have stuck out to me quite so mm-hmm. much because yeah. it actually makes sense here because Dinky is is explaining that kind of to give context for how significant it is when Mr. Sharpton gets him to emotionally open up. Yes. And so I, I feel like I, I understand why he's doing it here. Mm hmm. But I'm I don't know. I that that that's something that I had notes on that just it, it stuck out to me. It was kind of incongruous with Yeah. It, it it's not incongruous, that's the wrong word. Eventual, that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it unnecessary. It just it didn't it didn't really work yeah. that well the ni- yeah. the nineties was the fucking pits for this stuff too. So yeah, yeah, that's that's also true. Yeah. It, it, could, uh, it, it could just be like it, I haven't I haven't really noticed that happening in his more recent stuff i think it's just a a thing that he he as an aging forward-looking boomer grew out of yeah and i I definitely would say that that's i i have noticed that with some of his later stuff too but it's it's very much a theme in some of his like late 80s through early 2000s stuff yeah it's a big deal in it Uh, yeah yeah uh but yeah anyway Mm -hmm. so (laughs) mr sharpton Sharpton, it's not a weird sex thing it's much stranger and worse yeah uh, has, um, has worse implications for the world in general, but Dinky is less concerned with what Mr. Sharpton is asking for and is more concerned with his tie, which sounds mm-hmm. like the tackiest thing imaginable. And, it does, and I also kind of want it. Well, yeah, I also kind of want it. <laughs> I also would like to see what Dinky's tie, uh, you know, t- tie rack looks like. Um, tie rack, I, I, I don't know. His, his tie collection looks like uh, because he says like, oh, it wasn't a regular tie, like the one with piano keys or you know fish on them or something like that just like it is i just i just love that this like the dinky exists in a world um not to sound classist uh where the like the the snazziest thing is a is a tie with these swords on it um and mr sharpton gives this you know kind of ominous answer saying like oh i you know i i like i like wearing these it makes me feel like i'm I'm wielding excalibur makes me feel like a knight this is going to be important for later and that it, it is important for later, but that's also one of the details that that got me uh, extremely curious about who Mr. Sharpton is. And we don't actually get answers on that, unfortunately, but because yeah. because and, and maybe this is just specifically knowing that this is a tower uh, tower adjacent story. Mm-hmm. I kind of can't help but wonder if maybe there are, you know, we know that in, in Midworld there are gunslingers. And I wonder if if Mr. Sharpton with the sword making him feel like a knight if if there's some kind of if if he is either descended from gunslingers from midworld or from another level of the tower or if there's like uh i don't like knights templar is the first thing that pops to mind but like some other like anti-gunsling gunslinger sect or or organization that we haven't read about or or been told about uh that he has some ties to 
And uh, we don't know. He never really goes back to that. He just likes swords because they make him feel like a knight. <laughs> Which yeah. maybe that's all it is. Maybe yeah. that's genuinely all that it is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a peculiar detail. Um, I think that uh, you could also say that this is he, he wore that tie on purpose, knowing that Dinky has a thing for tacky ties and to play into Dinky's sense of justice, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because Dinky has this as this grudge against Skipper and the Skipper of the Worlds. You know, because Skipper just rode him really, really hard for yeah. being a scrawny. You know, basically being a scrawny long hair uh, who had bad skin and, you know, was working at the same place he was working at. And like Mr. Sharpton playing to that sense of justice, like, hey, we need to stand up for the little guy because I'm the little guy, you know, leaning into the mm-hmm. chivalric kind of imagery might yeah. also make a certain amount of sense. Oh, I, I definitely think that that was the case. Yeah. Uh, and I also think that uh, Mr. Sharpton, whatever his background is, has some weird combination of complexes where wearing a tie with swords on it legitimately does make him feel like a knight <laughs> like can... that that absolutely checks out too yeah um but through this mr sharpton you know wheedles him a bit and gets stinky to admit to writing these letters that you know evan that you referred to him writing to uh to, to skipper before his mm-hmm. accident um and, <laughs> and here, here's where the story gets interesting yeah here's where the overtly supernatural stuff starts happening because dinky he has the power to um take special shapes that you know can't really occur in nature but he you know just the first time he did this there was a dog that terrorized everybody in the neighborhood um and so he grabbed a piece of chalk and he walked out um in front of the house where that dog lived and drew these special triangles and connected them with special circles and all of these have uh you know n- names like shims and flams and fooders and things like that yeah um, and, and they're they're not shapes that exist and they're not shapes that anybody else knows or would know but he knows what they are and yeah. what they're called Yes, Uh, but he knows how to arrange them in order to put suggestions, specifically the suggestion to kill yourself, um, into the victim's head. It always has to be matched with a particular identifying word. Um, in order to, uh, in order to make it personalized in order to make it, to make it go, Dinky just intuits this. He just has this ability and he figures out, I can manifest my understanding of this, you know, a very Lovecraftian kind of thing. This, the, the, this, um, poisonous geometry, um, and target yeah, and, it at, at specific people. And it's, it's an, it's an instinctual thing too. Like, it's not yeah. something that he really understands or can explain, and and or even at at first really knows how to harness. Mm-hmm. And he talks about and I, I highlighted this because I think it's a hilarious line. But you know he 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 ran off like he he realized what he wanted and uh, realized what he could do. Got out of bed with this thought in his head. Ran out the door uh, because he didn't want to lose that idea. The way you eventually lose the dreams you wake up with. Or the boners you wake up with if you want to be crude. <laughs> <laughs> and the ending he does. Which, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it works. <laughs> he, you know, he manages to get the dog to kill itself by winding its chain around a tree until it chokes to death. You know, and yeah. the, he says, you know, oh, you know, just just funny, appropriate ironies. I learned about the dog's death from the mailman. So there's there there's a justice in that. Yeah. Um, and so he has done this. I think the second time that he did it was when he got revenge on Skipper for smashing his hands in the, uh, in the carts. He wrote Skipper a letter with more shapes, 
Um, and boom, later that night, Skipper went driving off of a road, died. So, and Mr. Sharpton knows all of this, but it is very important, A, to get Dinky to admit it, but also B, to kind of have this moment of catharsis where Dinky says, I didn't even realize I was sad about all this until, and, until he made me see it and talk about it. Um, and now he has putty in Mr. Mr. Sharpton's hands. And Mr. Sharpton says, hey, you know, we have these recruiters, we have these seekers who have, you know, learned of your work, and we want you to, you know, come work for us at the at the Trans Corporation, which has, and you the, know. <laughs> the, the pitch is our job is getting rid of the world's Skipper Brannigans. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know it, it, do, do you want to be the person who gets rid of bad people for the, for, for the, for the everyday person? Right. Um one of my major criticisms of this thing is when they refer to people who work for the trans corporation, yep. it's super regrettable yeah. and it's, it comes mm -hmm. up a couple of times. I'm only going to, yep. going to say it the once because it is a slur against uh, transgender and uh, against transgender and transsexual people. People who work for the trans corporation are referred to as trannies and that would never make it into a book today. No. And it, I feel like in in 1997, it shouldn't have made it into a book. Uh, yeah. It, I don't know if that was a joke or what, but I it's it's never treated like one. Like there's yeah. it's never used in any kind of like a winking way. It's like oh the the trans corporation. Like if it was something else. Like if it was like the 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 foat corporation. You know, you're a foaty. Yeah. But it's. Nope. It's, it just, it just ends it, up and ends up being a shitty slur that makes it a, like it, a, a little bit of a damper on recommending this. It's not important to the plot of it, but like, Oh, that's like just, just callous and insensitive. Yeah. And that sucks. So, and, and unnecessary. That's yeah. the, that's the other part. It's like in, in 1997, like that was, that was a slur in 1997 yeah. and it's, and it's just, there's no reason for it. Nope. But, um, you know, I do have to name the at least, at least it's not a shitty joke. At least it's not used as like, a punchline or yes. anything like that, but you yeah. know, small comfort still, still not great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like the idea like just the, any kind of just very anonymous corporate name. I really enjoy trans corporation kind of has that same feel of like North central positronics or Sombra mm -hmm. corporation. Yeah. Sombra, Sombra. I mean, it's, it's refers to like shadow or shade. So that's a little bit, a little bit on the nose, but just any kind of, you know, in industries incorporated kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Dinky accepts, you know, yeah. because, because I mean, in a lot of ways, Mr. Sharpton had him even before, uh, you know, even, even before Skipper got in the car. Uh, but he gets to, you know, fly in a private jet to Peoria, Illinois. Um, blasting, and blasting, counting crows the whole way, <laughs> which is, such a weird little detail that uh, it, an extremely nineties <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it is. It is the longest <laughs> December indeed. <laughs> that's the only kind of crow song I know. Uh, oh man. That's not, not to derail things, but that is genuinely surprising. They seem like a band that you would be into. Oh, I mean, I just, I, I did. I missed the time period. I think, you know? Yeah. yeah a little bit. Oh, uh, there's, I, they're they're one of those bands where I I find there's a lot of overlap with Counting Crows and bands like uh, like Mountain Goats or the Hold Steady. Oh or, yeah, yeah. Um, just like the the very very literate, very character and story based songs. I gotcha. Um, yeah. My, and also also just like you know a lot of stuff touching on like mental mental not not, not 
not mental health, but mm-hmm. lack thereof. Yeah. Okay. It's, no, they're, I, they're, they're a good band. They're an interesting group. I, uh, yeah. I, shout I, out to I, Counting Crows, I guess. In, 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 in my head, I, 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 so you, so here's the thing in my head, I thought that they were like a one hit wonder, like super nineties kind of thing. And, uh, the most I ever talked about them was to intentionally mix them up with Hootie and the Blowfish. I mean, so. that's also fair. <laughs> that's also, yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, <laughs> that is that is justified, but oh. um, no, they're 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 a good good rock and roll band. I'll believe you. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, they they go over, and this is super sinister because you know, <laughs> uh, Dinky thinks that he's going to be meeting a bunch of other you know psychic assassins. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, just uh, other other people being trained up. He even envisions like, oh, I'm going to meet a psychic girl. Um, with yeah. with nice little tits is what he says. And, yeah. Okay, it's you know, that's you, that's very on brand for for Dinky Earnshaw, yes, though. Very much so. And you know, you just you, you date among your peers. That that, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's not like that at all. He's like there, and like he learns how to use a computer, and uh, he is actively being hypnotized. Yeah. Um, another line that I highlight because or highlighted um, because it jumped out at me is he he talks about. The, the, his time at the training center in Peoria. Um, and the line is being at the training center in Peoria was like being born again somehow. And I guess being born always hurts. Hmm. Yeah. Which that's, that's a, that's an interesting line by itself. Yeah. And then just looking at like the cyclical nature of time within the dark tower, larger context mm-hmm. is it, it just kind of seemed very fitting and, and very interesting uh, from, from that kind of perspective, especially considering I don't even know if that's something that King had come up with for the story right. in 1997. Yeah. So um, just, a, that's, that was just a cool thing that I wanted to, to make sure to mention. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely hurts. Uh, it is uh, like, it is a very frightening experience. You know, he even like he calls Mr. Sharpton, Mr. Sharpton, you know, says like, Hey, I think they're hypnotizing me. Because, you know, I keep hearing these strange noises when I sleep and it feels like I never actually get any rest. And in Mr. Sharpton, it kind of plays it off like, oh, you know, they're just putting some baseline commands in your head in order to in order to further unlock your talent or what have you. Um, yeah, and it's, that's and it's, it's, it speaks volumes that Dinky didn't break out of this compound and live on the lamb for yeah. after this uh because that is fucking terrifying but but he trusts mr sharpton at yes. this point because mr sharpton has at, at at least so far in the story given him very little reason not to and has also mm-hmm. treated him with more respect and consideration than maybe anyone in his entire life except for his friend pug yes yeah and also mr mr sharpton has given him a higher purpose Right. That is yeah. a, that is a huge way that people can be manipulated. Uh, yeah. You know, he has he has taken Dinky's strong sense of justice and um, misaimed it, but uh, grabbed, uh, you know, he gotten a firm gra- grasp on it and misaimed it. And yeah. it is really and, hard. And we, we know that he misaimed it because <laughs> Dinky straight up says it was about killing people. Yeah. That's what I was training for. Yeah, yeah. No, just uh, I, I'm going to take my my, my my Smims and my Fooders, and I'm going to kill all of the skippers of the world uh, for the Trans Corporation to make the world a better place. Yeah. So, it's, and and he does this. He 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 calls Sharpton and talks about the his fears that he's being hypnotized. Um, 
and and that section of the story ends with uh if they'd been giving me anything it was probably for my own good <laughs> which whew, yeah oh boy yep no oh, there's yeah no you've been oh you've been programmed man yep yeah uh it's a cult run <laughs> Uh, and then, then the very next section of the story, uh, Doctor Wentworth, the 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 guy who was doing the programming, uh, comes to Dinky and apologizes mm-hmm. and tells him that they were programming. <laughs> Listen, we got we got to fess up here. Yeah, and no, we've been monkeying around with your ones with your ones and zeros. So yeah, and yeah. it's 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 just you know the the idea that like oh if if someone does something openly and 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 cops to it then it can't be wrong uh, For some wh- wh- reason, wherever would you learn that here that, um, that, on october the 4th of 2019 yeah for some reason there's something that it, it, it it's yeah. reminding me of a thing yeah no, no it's, it must be no. nothing must be no, nothing. nothing at all for yeah. sure um, uh, and, and, and if they're doing it it's for our own good so that's true you're so right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so yeah um peoria's all sorts of fucked up. Not not Peoria, the actual city. I've never been there. It's probably fine. But the training center for the Trans Corporation in Peoria and the story is all sorts of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like then, even, even more fucked up is the daily life that he goes back to. Yeah. Then then he goes to his new life in. Um, yeah. Columbia City. Columbus. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King has this even, weird hard on for Columbus because that was also where, um, oh gosh, the regulators took place. Like yeah. he has a couple of things that are, that, that, that are set or adjacent to central Ohio. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an, it's, it's an odd, it's an odd place to have that kind of, uh, affection or interest for specifically. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say that coming from here. It is. It is very odd yeah. to, to pay yeah, any and, mind and to it at all. Like, like the, there's there's a couple of his stories that take place in, like, not Chicago, but the greater Chicagoland area, mm-hmm. like Peoria. And it's like, that's that's also strange. Yeah, weird. It's strangely specific. <laughs> but, you know, here is a completely detached dinky. He has this house that the uh, that the trans corporation is paying for. He is getting yep. he's getting this money that he has to get rid of. Um, and he is he is entirely dependent on his employer um, yep. who uh, doesn't really give him any instruction either. I, I yeah. like like this. This rings this rings so true. It's like a tuning fork. <laughs> um, which is, you know, Dickie's like, Hey, so now that I've started my job, what do I do? And Mr. Sharpton, he butters up and butter, butters him up and says, you know, if I hired a great novelist to write me a novel, you know, paid him a bunch of money, it'd be insulting if I told him how to do it. Right. You know, you're my great novelist. You, you know, you, when, when it, when it hits you to do what you need to do, you do it. Um, and Dinky has imposter syndrome about this. Uh, the most relatable horror in the story for me, uh, where he starts having these anxiety dreams where Mr. Yeah. Sharpton's like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, Oh no, just, you know, just waiting for the inspiration to come. Like, no, it's been five years and his computer yeah. that he's supposed to use and his workstation there is covered in dust. Like that kind of anxiety dream is so relatable to me. It's a goddamn yeah. killing word, Evan. Yeah. Yeah. There's what I'm, I'm looking for the exit. Yeah. Put out your wrist. Dink. We thought you were, uh, um, let's go with breaker instead of the other word. Uh, <laughs> put out your wrist, Dink. We thought you were a breaker, but obviously we were wrong. Sometimes it happens. Yep. <laughs> you, know, you just you just didn't measure up. And now you know? and now you're under arrest. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. 
I've uh, I've had that. I think that exact dream. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and it's a bad one. It's a real bad one. It's so bad. Yeah, no, but just like the the the, the actual relatable horror of you know any kind of non directed non directed work like that. Mm. Anyway. So yeah. he, he he goes through this dry spell and he's pretty much just kind of sleepwalking through this. He's uh, eating his chip beef on toast and going to the movies and all this kind of stuff until one day he gets one night he gets inspiration to write a dinky mail. Uh, it is called a, a dinky mail like that is the uh, that like that is the name of the program on his computer um, mm -hmm. in the in the office that none of the cleaners really go into. Which is important. Yeah, the only because... room, the only room that they they'll they'll uh, they'll empty the waste baskets, but that's it. Yeah, they don't touch anything because that's yeah. where the killing happens. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he gets gets an idea to open open this program on his computer, and there's this whole really weirdly detailed explanation of like connecting to the modem to the Trans Corporation server and yeah like, it's, it's like a, it's like, like a proxy like kind of thing or a vpn the logistics of it yeah, yeah. well and i, I like, mean it, it, it it's it's actually pretty well observed because he is connecting through the trans corporation over in illinois everything yes. that he does is being observed yes and it's it's one of those things where it's it's there, there's an, an oddly specific amount of detail but it it not only is everything being observed but I, I kind of had the sense that everything is being routed through their headquarters in Chicago because they have somehow the ability to amplify oh, yeah. whatever Dinky is doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, like with, with the dog, he was like on the sidewalk in front of it. He was just right there. Uh, he, yeah. he mailed a letter to, to Skipper. Yeah. Uh, but here he's doing everything on a computer. It's all emails and it's all remote. And so Trans Corporation is somehow doing something yeah. to retain the potency in that message. Mm -hmm. That was that was kind of my take on it anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, either way, it is uh, incredibly paranoia-inducing. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> but the, he, he, he gets everything connected and, and, and is, is looking up these people. He, he just searches by area. Yeah. And – you know, there's there's no one in Cincinnati. There's two listings in Columbus, mm -hmm. and so just he just clicks on one. Yep, gets the address, gets the identifier. He does a little and, bit more customization. Yep, and then there's uh this program has all of the shapes that he can see in his head, so he doesn't have to draw them. He just has to like drag them think around of the shapes he needs, and he can like search for them and drag them around. So they've automated this entire mystical killing ritual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is that's 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 a very very Stephen King sort of plot device. Oh yeah. Um, and so yeah, he he sends sends this dinky mail, and that's it. And that's it. And he gets in the zone. Like he yeah. he does a bunch of this. It's basically yeah. mindless. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can and tell like it's it's part the hypnotism and it's part him just you know getting into a flow state. But yeah, yeah, he starts just, just just starts putting them out. And you know, and as far as he knows at this point, these are all like bad people. Like these mm -hmm. are like evil, evil corporate executives who are covering up like mass murder or something like that, or like yeah. you know, dictators in in countries that are 
developing weapons of mass destruction. Like these are mm-hmm. these are really really bad people. Yeah. Otherwise, why would they be sending him after them? Right. You know, and he, he relishes the detective work. Sometimes they don't have email, so he has to figure out how to get their address and things like yeah. that. And well, uh, that, he doesn't doesn't like that as much though, because then it's there's more of a personal element to it. Uh, that's true. Yeah. When there's when when he's got a name. Yeah, because uh, when he has to actually mail something, when it's email, it's all automated. It's just a phone number mm-hmm. uh, that it's 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 being sent through the Transcorporation servers to this person somehow. Yeah, uh, but he he doesn't even know anything about the person except for uh, their their identifier word that makes the message work for them. Right. But when it's when it's someone that doesn't have email, he has to to mail it, and then there's a name, and that name means that it's a person more real. with a story. You know, but he doesn't really think about that because no. even if it is, it's like you know, Skipper had a name. Yeah, Skipper had a name, and they're and they're a Skipper too. So yeah, there's the, the, there's no problem. I, I am I am killing for a just cause. Um, at least he thinks so until he recognizes one of the names he had to go after uh, in the paper. Yep. Uh, one Andrew Neff, who was a columnist for the Columbus Dispatch. Um, yeah who just out of nowhere committed a suicide. There was an article saying like, Hey, you know, his colleagues and the community at large are really baffled. You know, he was yeah. in at work and he was super happy. Uh, but you know, just like the, like, it, it baffles us. Uh, and he reads a little bit more noting that, Oh, the Columbus dispatch is a conservative leaning paper. However, this guy was, you know, very popular um, as a liberal voice, you know, as somebody mm-hmm. who, again, you, <laughs> basically spoke and was very convincing about ideas of economic justice and and could get those ideas across to people who disagreed with him just mm-hmm. because he was so good at at communicating his perspective in a way that everyone uh really connected to mm-hmm. um yeah. the problem wasn't that he was saying wants. those things the problem was that people were listening yes and <laughs> and you know that's that's a scary problem to realize that you were, have been appointed part of the solution to. Yeah. Um, generally, assassinating a journalist is not um, seen as a just cause. Not a good look. No, no. Um, um, nor there is, is and there, there is. Um, and, you know, this is a Stephen King story. So, like, you know, obviously fairly graphic events like graphically violent events are kind of par for the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks he, he, he describes. uh this this very um he he describes Andrew Neff's suicide mm-hmm. and it's it there there's there's just a kind of a lot to it yeah um and Dinky's takeaway which it's it's horrible but it it made me laugh in 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 the worst sort of way is there was a man totally dedicated to avoiding counseling <laughs> I mean, like the, the the way that Andrew Neff and does it's, it, it's basically like when um, when when, when Master Shake kills himself in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> it's, I mean, obviously, suicide is um, not not a joking matter, but it is done in such a ritualistic kind of way where he has all mm-hmm. these kind of fail saves. Um, yeah. you know, like he, he, he does five or six different kinds at the same time in order yeah. to make sure that it takes, that is how effective, that is how yeah. effective Dinky's Dinky's programming is. And that is not so much funny. Like it is written off in the gallows humor kind of way that Dinky writes about it. Um, and it's played for comedy and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's a, that's a funny episode where he haunts the Atari cartridge. Yeah. Um, 
but um, uh, it's horrifying that just these shapes yeah. can make somebody do this to make somebody do this thing that is not just um, incompatible with their own life, you know, commit this by their hands, but also is entirely outside of the context of their regular actions. Yeah. And so he's, he, he, I, I think against maybe his, his better judgment, uh, <laughs> Dinky goes to the library and starts looking up the other three names that he mailed physical letters to. Yeah. And kind of finds that they were all. I mean, they were all good not people. Bad people. They were like, there was, there was a, a, a clinical biologist who was instrumental in uh, AIDS research and, and her death set the search for a cure to AIDS back by decades. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was a politician who was uh, formerly very much uh, like a, like a, like a hawk. It was like a cold warrior. Yeah. 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 Cold, cold war era military type uh, who had a change of heart and was really uh, becoming an active, um, an active force for, for pacifism mm -hmm. and, and peace. And those are three of the, People, those those are the only three people that he has any actual information on mm -hmm. who he but but he knows that he killed them mm -hmm. and how many of the other people that he's just clicked send on dinky mail to have also been actually good people yeah. who are just inconvenient for someone right and who is that someone mm-hmm and what are the cascading effects who what what other what other crucial causes have been set back decades by these yeah. by this thing that he has been doing mindlessly and basically in his sleep yeah and so then that's kind of where we where where it becomes explicit like what this story is dinky talks about like you know th this is where he he explicitly states that he's writing it out in case someone finds it in yes. case in in case he can communicate this to anyone, mm -hmm. some somebody and, who might be able to try and do something about yeah, it. Yeah, and because he knows that he can't, right? He knows that he can't do anything about it, um, and he knows that because he keeps doing the job. Mm -hmm. He keeps working. Yeah, you know, and he he he, he kind of admits to it. He says, yeah. you know, there there there's the he 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 tries to self justify to a certain extent, but he doesn't do it in a very self grandizing way. He says like, oh, I do it because I'm just another addict. I do it yeah. because of the hateful fucking rush. I do it because uh, when I work in Dinky's notebook, everything is eventual. Um, you know, and like there is a certain amount of truth to that, and it's a way that. You know, people can, you know, uh, people can justify a lot. I do it because it feels yeah. because it feels good. I do it because I, <laughs> you know, I'm good at it and it is good to feel yeah. useful and needed um, no matter what the consequences of it might be. Like, in a, you know, I, I, I started watching uh, Barry again at Gwen's recommendation uh, last episode uh, about it. And like, that's pretty much what that story's about, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, we've got we've got a lot of junkies in the Dark Tower. Yeah. You know, and Dinky is a junkie for Dinky Mail. Um, yeah. And this is writ large, you know, at the at, at the Algo Ciento 
at yeah. uh, at 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 the blue heaven which is you know all of these people they, they you know they they may have a, an inkling of what's going on but s- scraping away at the beam when they're sitting in that library uh feels good it scratches an itch for them and you know how why would you fight against a system that gave you that kind of that gave you that kind of place in the world that let you yeah. that let you you know go after your duck right well and not not only that but even if Dinky wanted to fight back, he has no money. Right. <laughs> he has no property. He has yeah. no connections. He has no support system. Because he, of everything he, the, the Trans Corporation did. The whole not, setup that he was yeah. like, like bragging about at the start. <laughs> yeah. Can't can't sock away any money. Like yeah. He's always got more than enough money for, for the week. But that's it. Yeah. He, you know. He, he cannot save any money. He has no no means of becoming financially independent. He mm-hmm. is cut off from what few people he might have been able to fashion into a support system from his old life. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> he, and, and he has no real sense of, of confidence or purpose or worth outside of the trans corporation on top of all of that. Yeah. So yeah. it's really just all of these weirdly peculiar things that, <laughs> That that just seemed like like odd quirks before. Like mm-hmm. it, it's all calculated. Yeah, and yeah. and I think that and and I'm I'm curious what your if, if if you had a thought on on the the cleaners and the mail person dropping off the money and everything. Did you do you, did you have any thoughts on why he's not allowed to to see them? Um, I mean, it's, it's more surveillance likely. You know, they like they, he he is not able to be there and see what they are trying to gather. He's not he's he's not able to see them basically turn his house over like a cell, uh yeah. trying to catch him in the act of um of you know trying to get I out. Think, I think that's part of it, but I also think it's so that he can't develop relationships with any of these people. Oh, he can't that's... even build up a support system. Yeah, that that also seems true. He, I mean, people yeah. you know, just, they would be coworkers. They would be yeah. people who are you know who exist to support his mission. Yeah, can't be having that. No. So the only the only person that he has any kind of recurring contract contact with is Mr. Sharpton. Mm-hmm. The person the, the person who trapped him here to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like it is it is just this absolute nightmare scenario. <laughs> uh and yeah. he d- doesn't even realize that that's what it is. He he, until... he is living in a prison by any other name. Yeah. Yeah. And uh <laughs> And then he's, you know, just kind of resigned himself to, you know, maybe somebody will see this, these journals or whatever and mm-hmm. be able to do something about it. But I can't. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then then he sees that the Pope died of a heart attack and realized that if he had been working in uh, a different part of the world, that he might have been the one who killed the Pope. Mm-hmm. He might have been the one to, uh, to aim that particular arrow. Yeah. Because, you know, they had found a naive person with talent who had no friends and no self-image guy who you would sell your who you could who would sell you his talented soul for a few groceries and 70 bucks a week because uh, he believes that is all that it's worth. That would have led to him killing the pope and destabilizing a whole religion. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> so so Mr. Sharpton's a real bad dude. Yes. Um, and so. Um, you might think, okay, what's the out? How can things get any better for Dinky? Uh, and it literally comes through the door. 
uh, he one day he finds a uh, uh, an ad for Kmart, a shopping circular mm-hmm. uh, that has a little handwritten note inside saying, do you want out? If yes, send the message. Don't stand so close to me is best police song. Uh, nowhere near being true, but you know, um, I think that is why, uh, why you would make that the password because nobody would write it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he decides to take them up on the offer. Yeah. He responds using the library computer. So it's not routed through, uh, through the trans corporation. And we are left with two things. He apologizes for all that he did. Uh, he recognizes that it was, it, it was wrong, but hopefully this text, uh, will at least explain why he did what he did. And he says, I've got one last letter to send, you know, uh, one last arrow to aim and only one word matters Excalibur. So Mr. Sharpness, Mr. Sharpton is going to be taken off the board by the dinky mails that uh, Mr. Sharpton taught dinky to send. And for once he will kill a skipper. Well, except for the first time he (laughs) killed skipper. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I don't love any story where there are, Something bad happens to a dog, but this, this dog fucking had it coming too. Yeah, it was a real bastard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was a bad owner. I think the owner could have got something too. You know, um, and- yeah, the the one one thing that that I, I did want to mention is, um, I think it's interesting that you your interpretation of the ending is that he did send that message. Hmm. Oh, he he said that he's got it in mind to write one more that he has Mr. Sharpton's email address and he knows the word, which is Excalibur. I didn't get the feeling that he actually wrote it. I thought that he did. It, it doesn't, it doesn't specifically say, and, and I, I, I think that there's, there's a, a case to be made either way. Like I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that you are wrong. Oh, it's left ambiguous, but, but, but when I read it, because it's, you know, I've got it in mind to write one more special letter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. If Dinky had it in him to stand up, oh, even yeah. after all that, I yeah. don't know if I, 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 I don't know if he had it in him, yeah. and that's that's one of one of the 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 things about this story where it's like it every every single development, every single turn, every single uh, change or or surprise. When it's all being filtered through a 19-year-old slacker, self-proclaimed addict's perspective, how much can you really trust any of it? How much can you trust the details? How much can you trust? And I think that we can trust that a lot of the bad stuff that he did is accurate. And I think that Mm. there's – I don't think that this is an unreliable narrator. But I don't think that we can trust Dinky to follow through. Yeah, that also – that that lines up. Um, Um. but it, it is it is a a, an, a little bit of an ambiguous ending, and uh, I'm I'm a sucker for that too. So, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other thing might be like I I don't know where he left the note. It might be a warning to Mister Sharpton, like, "Hey, if you come after me, I'll do this." Oh, yeah. So there there are a couple of different That's ways that fun. it could go out. In, in in my in my mind, I I wanted I wanted Dinky to get the uh, to get the justice that he had uh, that he had sought out. Oh, in the worst way, and yeah. that's. I feel like the Stephen King version of the ending is not that, though. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um, so, do you have any 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 thoughts on who would have sent that Kmart ad through his mail slot? I don't know. Um, maybe other other um, 
not breakers, other people in his situation who, who knew enough about it and had formed a network of their own by escaping yeah. by hooker by crook who are also on the run from the, uh, you know, from the seekers from the, yeah. you know, who we both believe to be the, the, the low men. Um, I, I, I could see it being, you know, other, other people who would eventually be become breakers. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's, that's a possibility. I also, um, and again, you know, like Stephen King, I, I tend to kind of assume darkest timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that seems like I, I, my, the, the thought crossed my mind. Like, Oh, I bet that, Kmart circular was from Randall flag. Oh, okay. I bet that that's, you know, kind of, kind of getting, getting dinky to work as a breaker on the tower. Mm. They were taking this, this building, building on the work that the trans corporation had done. Yeah. And convincing him that they were redirecting him. Gotcha. Or, or saving him or giving him an out or something. And, but it was all, all part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah, and that and that makes sense for why he would have ended up in the um, why he would have ended up in uh, in in Algosiento, um, in the in the prison there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe trans is not um, associated with Sombra or you know the even, force of the king at all. Like maybe he was recruited, he was headhunted. Even if it is, they might have known that Dinky was figuring it out and putting the pieces together, and oh, they might yeah. have pulled the trigger on pulling him out of there and putting him in. Uh, in, into the next phase of whatever, whatever they've got going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we we need you up here. We, you yeah, know. it's like oh, you know, you're starting to see through that. Like <laughs> we're we're gonna save you from Transcorporation. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, uh, Shanghai you to a new dimension. Why don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Working for this other company that's definitely not affiliated. Yeah. <laughs> um. And that's everything's eventual. I don't know that I have any other uh, kind of like broad summary thoughts or anything like that. I just I no, love the way that I, it builds up the paranoia, and I love the uh, I love the imposter syndrome built into that. Yeah, that is you know maybe I'm bringing a lot of myself to that, or a lot of where I was when I first read the story. I um, don't think so. I, I feel like this is this is a, a a very relatable kind of psychological horror. Yeah. Um, and and I I think that it's it's very interesting because it it doesn't really read like a horror story, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of horrific elements to it. Yeah. And I didn't even really realize that it was at, at its heart, like a, a traditional horror story until after I finished it and was thinking about <laughs> it later. Yeah. Uh, just the news titans all the way throughout it. It's very, oh, it's so good. <laughs> and it's got, it's got some, some problematic elements to it. And, and the, the dialogue is not, the best but you know i i, I think we we, we kind of gave some disclaimers there's there's also a mr sharpton uh does like a shitty racist accent yes yeah, part of it but there's like you know like there's unfortunate use of a awful slur and there's some shitty unnecessary racism and the dialogue's kind of weird and there's like a lot of yeah. insisting that it's not a weird sex thing that all sucks but none of it takes away from the story being good. I don't think. And, and it's, it, it comes across more as just like, not, not necessarily the, the writing choices that I wish he would have made. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come across as racism or as transphobia or as uh lazy dialogue. None of it comes across as lazy. Yeah. 
it just comes across as a very strange choice or a very yeah. strange series of choices to have made. Yeah. That, that wasn't great at the time and has very much not aged well. Right. But like, that's there. Okay. The story that, that he, that, that this is, is really, really interesting and really unlike, um, any, any Stephen King story that I've read. Mm hmm. And and I it's it's a very small story and a very um, a, a very like like we've mentioned, there's the, the horror elements that are being used here are just intimately relatable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm really, really glad that that I, I probably would have missed this entirely if, if it hadn't been on the list for the show. So I'm, I'm really glad that you you put that on there. I'm really glad that uh, that you had me on to talk about it because, man, what a story. <laughs> well, I'm happy that you came on. Thank you. Yeah. That's uh, always nice to hear, too. Yeah. So um, we'll be back next time. Uh, I think we're going to move into uh, the Blue Heaven chapter of the book uh, just to uh, continue on with book seven. Um, mm -hmm. Evan, where can people find you online? I'm at Mr. Underscore Harder on Twitter, all spelled out. Um, I'm not on Facebook or Instagram anymore because I'm not sure why. Facebook and Instagram kicked me off. Uh, and I've tried appealing it and I haven't heard anything back from them. So I haven't been on Facebook or Instagram in over that almost super a year. Weird. It's real strange. I don't, <sighs> I just can't get an answer about it. Um, and honestly, I don't miss it that much, but it does make it a little harder to find me on the internet. Um, so yeah, at Mr. Underscore harder. Um, and if you are in the Chicago area on October 26th, uh, the beat kitchen, I am doing another Sad Paul Stanley set for Halloween, and I'm very excited about this one. It is far and away the dumbest idea that I've had yet, and uh, I, I think it might be my favorite one that I've been working on. Uh, Sad Paul Stanley as Vince Neil Young. <laughs> and I'm I'm not even really going to go into detail on that. If you want to find out what that means, please come to the show because uh, we're – in no small part going to find out together because I'm still <laughs> still figuring it out. Uh, the <laughs> what you described in the pre-show uh, sounded very entertaining, entertaining to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's I've got a couple of ideas. Um, I'm 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 very much looking forward to figuring out how I can make kickstart my heart of gold a thing. <laughs> and uh, wow. I, I'm I'm kind of. I don't know if it'll work, but I, I really am hoping that I can figure out how to how to kind of cram a couple of things together and, and come away with feel good and the damage done. Mm. Just because that's that's real dark. Yeah. That's really, really <laughs> yeah, dark. It's a, that, I'm, uh... I'm, I, I've, I've been I've been puzzling on that one for a while and I genuinely am not sure if there's a way that that can work. Uh, but. October 26th at the Beat Kitchen. Uh, KickstandProductions.net has all the ticket info. If you want to come out, uh, it's going to be super fun. And, uh, you know, there's there's some other really, really cool bands that are playing. I'm especially excited. Um, Jeff Schaller and The Long Way Home are playing as the Gin Blossoms, hmm. which uh, that's a, a band that is near and dear to my heart. And uh, Jeff Schaller and The Long Way Home are really, really good band. Nice. So... Check that out. I hope it's long way home and not long road home. I'm second guessing myself, but you know, yeah. eh, they'll find they'll, out. They'll find out of the show. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much all I got. Cool. Uh, and for me, you know where to find me. Other shows on DuckFeed.tv. You can watch my horror game streams on uh, Twitch.tv slash DuckFeedTV on Friday and Saturday nights starting at 830. Um, and all the other stuff you're aware of. Um, speaking yeah. of that, I've got to go and hop on one of those. So, Evan, looking forward to talking with you again. Yeah, same. I'm yeah. I'm very, very glad to be here. Very much looking forward to coming back. Cool. Um, and real quick, if you are not a Patreon backer, you should be because Cole's uh, Kingsfield playthrough is for backers only, and it's quite good. Oh, thank you. That's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. So, <laughs> uh, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, until then, until we see each other again, long days and pleasant nights. 